First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. The fine arts are interesting to write a sermon about because no two of us agree on what is good. No two of us agree on what is interesting or frightening or ugly. Somebody once said, art is sort of like pornography. I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. And if any of you have ever gone to a gallery that specializes in modern art, you will also often hear people say, well, my three-year-old could have done that. About 65,000 years ago, a Neanderthal, for the first time, ground up red ochre pigment. It's a type of dirt, if you want to be specific. And they mixed it with either fat or water. And they used it to smear some lines on a cave wall. And that hominid became the first artist. They were painting a picture. And it's fascinating to watch how they did it. Sometimes they'd fill their mouth with paint and blow through a straw onto the wall, using a hand or another body part to block out parts so it made designs. Other times they used their fingers or a honeycombed piece of bone 65,000 years ago. We weren't even humans yet. Art and music have been with us since our hominid ancestors learned how to smear, brush, and spit paint. Dyed and decorated seashells found in the Avenus Sea Cave in southeast Spain were made by Neanderthals even further back, 115,000 years. Somebody covered in hair with a big brow ridge went and found pretty shells and didn't just appreciate them, they went and got red ochre and they made designs on them. That's amazing. Drums began almost as early. The first drums were a chunk of wood and a bone or a stick or a rock and a bone or a stick and they did heartbeat. 40,000 years ago, the first vulture bone and mammoth ivory flutes were added in. What does this mean? It means we have always been a people of the arts. It's inside us. Now, the really interesting thing about it is that art and music come from myth and magic. They were religion before religion was religion. And the really amazing thing is they don't have the weight on them 
that most religious practice does. These things all weave a spell of contrast from the real. They're more vivid, more visceral, more heightened. They touch something in you, the music you love, the art that you appreciate. They touch something in our perceptions. And they suggest that there's a deeper reality than the one we just experienced through science. Now, philosophers have argued for ages about the relationship between religion and art. German philosopher Hegel, he believed that religion was more important than art in what he called the evolution of the spirit toward higher form. But as the 19th century progressed, artistic minds argued that it was art, not religion, that would rise to the top and even replace traditional religion as the center of what we would call the holy or the sacred. Oscar Wilde felt that art allowed meaning-making in an increasingly secular society, led by what he called a dreary worship of facts. You gotta love Oscar Wilde. But it makes sense if a Catholic and a Jew and a Buddhist and a UU sit down together, it's challenging for us to attend a religious service together. But we can all look at that piece of art. We can talk about how it makes us feel. We can talk about what it draws us to. By expressing the mysterious sense of existence, Art endows our sojourn with authenticity and constitutes the sole spiritual task, claims writer Stephen Malarm. More and more, writes Matthew Arnold, mankind will discover that we have to turn to poetry to interpret life for us, to console us, to sustain us. Without poetry, our science will appear incomplete, and most of what now passes with us for religion and philosophy will be replaced by poetry. Truth has to be beautiful for him. Truth has to flow in an artistic way. The fine arts help us make sense of the world. Painting and sculpture, yes, but also graffiti, street art, graphic novels, animations, they may be the closest thing we have to modern-day sacred text. Artists create, critics interpret, the rest of us try to understand the meaning of canvas, splashed with random lines and shapes. We go to sacred shrines that we call museums, art galleries, to explore the mysteries. If you go into a modern church, people are talking and laughing and they're having fun as they come in. Most churches, people have coffee. Sometimes we knit. But walk into an art museum. Hushed silence. 
deep thought, introspection. The art is touching something. Sometimes a piece of art or poetry or music hits us so hard that we feel it in our bones. When you look at Michelangelo's Piata, you understand humanity a little better. You feel the pain of every mother who lost a child. You don't have to be Catholic. Every line of that sculpture teaches you what pain looks like. Art and music and poetry, they're all religious modalities. Alternative forms of religion, if you prefer that terminology. To quote Professor Richard Schusterman, to put it provocatively, art is simply the continuation of religion by other means. That's a marvelous quote. And the fun part is, it's an alternative to the art of war, which says that war is the continuation of politics by other means. How amazing to turn that around and make it something positive. And why would we want religion to continue by other means? Because the world is not the simple kill or be killed world that our Neanderthal ancestors were born into. Religion is no longer the glue that holds the worlds together. I went looking for the most current statistics. In 2017, 25% of the globe identified as not a religious person and 9% as convinced atheists. That's from the Pew Research Center. Last year, only 29% of the adult U.S. population said they'd been to a house of worship in the past seven days. (coughs) For those who do go to houses of worship, the world's busy fighting. Orthodox Jews throw rocks at secular Jews who don't go to synagogue. Catholics refuse communion to anyone they think isn't doing the right thing. Baptists fight with Mormons. You use fight with ourselves. Religion tends more and more to be something we argue over rather than something that brings us all together. But while people can disagree over the meaning of a fine art piece, over a song or a painting or a sculpture, none of these things carry the same downside as religious practice. I want to read you a long quote, and this is from a lecture given in Polish by Richard Schusterman. Uh, He went to Krakow a few years back, and the whole lecture was amazing. 
He's talking about art as compared to religion. He says, art seems to be free of all the disadvantages that I just talked about, thus promising a more fruitful and satisfying way for the expression of wisdom and spiritual meaning, replete with abundant sensory, emotional, and intellectual pleasures. It provides the joys of mystery and myth without committing to our faith, superstition, and thus inducing the bitter aftertaste of shame that our scientific conscience is likely to experience upon attempts to swallow discredited otherworldly beliefs. As Arnold argues, art is where our intellectually evolving human race will find ever surer and surer stay. There is not a creed which is not shaken, an accredited dogma which is not shown to be questionable, nor a received tradition which does not threaten to dissolve, he writes. Our religion has materialized itself in the fact, in the supposed fact, it has attached its emotion to the fact, and now the fact is failing it. But for poetry, the idea is everything. Poetry attaches its emotion to the idea. The idea is the fact. The strongest part of our religion today is its unconscious poetry. Not only poets, but philosophers have similarly advocated arts subsuming the role of religion. G.E. Moore, one of analytic philosophy's founding fathers, was the inspiration behind the Bloomsbury Group, if any of you are aware of that group. Um, he wrote in 1902, religion is merely a subdivision of art, since every valuable purpose which religion serves is also served by art. While art perhaps serves more, since the range of good objects and emotions is wider. The idea that art provides a broader and more convincing alternative to religion has been reaffirmed in recent times by outspoken secular philosophers like Richard Roddy. In rejecting religion as the conversation stopper, Roddy champions the inspirational value of great works of literature, proclaiming the hope for a religion of literature in which works of the secular replace scripture as the principal source of inspiration and hope for a new generation. This artistic religion he calls an atheist's religion. Pluralistically liberal, it makes no claim to a coerced behavior in the public sphere, but only to console us individuals in our aloneness by connecting us with something far greater and inspiring beyond us the marvelous world of great art while guiding our efforts toward realizing both private perfection and more loving kindness to our fellow humans. What an amazing idea, a religion without religion. Human beings are called to create. It's a natural part of this artistic, atheist religion. Art and music, the poetry of words. When we create, we are engaging in a spiritual practice that links us to our ancestors and provides a way for our descendants to know us better. 
And as our second reading said, you don't have to be someone else's idea of good. That first caveman looked at that wall and went, wow, that's amazing. That's exactly what I was trying to do. It was three lines. It spoke to them. Religion at its finest is a way to call humanity to be better, to become more. It helps us to grow spiritually and ethically and morally, to be the best people we can be. And so does art. And so does music or poetry. They call us to experience the world in sacred ways in ways that make us learn and grow and be better. So go home today and experience some sacredness. Experience art or music or poetry. I don't care if it's the arrangement of leaves on your lawn. Maybe stop at the store and get a 78 cent thing of junk paint. Pick up some crayons, get a pen. Look for some new artists on the internet. Meditate on what you find, really think about it. Make a mess, make an absolute mess. Enjoy yourself, live in the divine gorgeousness of color and sound because in the beginning God may have created, but now it's your turn. Be brave, be bold, be curious, enjoy yourself, and be blessed. Amen.